You are listening to Call to Action, a School Sisters of Notre Dame Central Pacific podcast. Enjoy this special bonus episode and stay tuned for more info on Called to Action Season 4. Welcome back to another episode of Called to Action. Today's episode is a special bonus episode that we're releasing in between Season 3 and Season 4. And today's topic is going to be very interesting, talking about Catholic education and how it relates to uh, real-world issues that are going on now. Sister Anna Marie, how have you been since uh, our last episode? Well, I continue to uh, be very saddened by our news and what's happening in the United States and across the world in regards to migration and the issues that we've spoken about in these past episodes um, and hoping for change and hoping for change, especially changes of hearts and minds. But I am excited about this, as you had called it, a bonus episode and to have our guest with us today. Yes, our guest today is an educator from uh, Notre Dame Prep School in Maryland. Her name's Libby Keedy. She actually reached out to me after our first episode, which was our intro to comprehensive immigration reform. Um, and she was working with a senior class. And she just shared some some really awesome insights that I think really helped shape parts of my conversation when we went into the season even further. With that said, I'd like to introduce Libby Keedy. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I used the podcast with my senior theology class here at Notre Dame Prep in Maryland, and um, it sparked just great conversation, challenging questions, challenging ideas, but it was rich um, a rich tool to use in my classroom. And it has connected me with you, Sister Anna Marie and Adam. So I'm really delighted to be here to share a little bit about my perspective as a Catholic educator in an SSND school. Well, we are thrilled that you use the podcast as part of your um, preparation and education with the students. I just think it's so important what young people are thinking and how they are very, very active in the social issues of today. So welcome, Libby. Thank you. And it feels right to be in the classroom and talking about social issues with my students at Notre Dame Prep. I have to say, I was a senior theology student at Notre Dame Prep 25 years ago. It's my alma mater. My mother graduated from Notre Dame Prep. I am a parent. I have a daughter who is in seventh grade, and I have a fourth grader who hopes to come here. And it just feels great to be connected with you. I have worked for School Sisters of Notre Dame my entire adult life. I have been in three different ministries. And SSND is really feels like my home wherever life will take me. Wow, that's wonderful. You know, um, as an educator, it's wonderful to have another educator on this podcast. And going back, uh, Libby, to your classroom's insight into immigration, we, were, we had an episode that specifically talked about myths of immigrants. And I think a lot of those came rooted in racial bias. Season four, we're going to be going into racial justice with that being such a topic in the news. I was really interested to get your take on that issue, how you approach it with students and um, how they feel about living in the world today. Well, I generally, as a rule of thumb, try to keep it real in the classroom, right? Um, so I try to be relevant to my students and meet them where they are. And we have to talk about real life issues. They do not live in an abstract world and our faith, whether their students identify as Catholic or not, it has to be real and faith has to be lived. And when it comes to issues of race and 
a term I like to use is, you know, dismantling racism. That is something that our students feel really passionate about. And I'll be honest with you, what I would say is that our students, I would just, I would say they're shocked um, and they're pretty astonished at the racism that we see around us. I mean, in a sense, they can't even grasp that this nation hasn't done better and they should be shocked, frankly. So I just create space for them to express themselves and for us to honor that. You know, it's incomprehensible to them that people of color face barriers and experience harm and threat at higher rates and with greater consequences than white Americans. They don't understand how we, their elders, you know, haven't done better and haven't done right. It is astonishing how silent we have stayed as adults on those issues. And, you know, even for us as school sisters of Notre Dame, as aware that we are, we also recognize we have so much to learn. You know, the young people are pretty impatient, um, too, which which is a great catalyst and feel their their urgency because that's legitimate. That's real. And it's something that I try not to stand in the way of. I, I appreciate you saying that, Libby, about the urgency. I think we all know the urgency, but not to stand in the way of that is really important because we do allow ourselves to be complacent. And to say, oh, change will happen, or we see a little change and we say, oh, okay, we're on the way. And I think of as this happens over and over in our society, and, and that's why we really talk about dismantling. And to dismantle something does take time, but if we're not putting the effort and the energy into doing it, it won't happen. I, I do live in St. Louis. I've been there for eight years, but I remember well the death and the killing of Michael Brown in. Mm-hmm. 2014. So we're coming up on 10 years in Ferguson. And we have sisters who live in Ferguson and they were very much and continue to be very much involved in that community. But it's like, how many decades does this need to go on? So to have those young people speaking out and how how can we walk with them? Because I think they are the ones who are leading the way. Yeah. And for me, you know, dismantling racism in the classroom, given, you know, the limitations and the goals of the classroom, oftentimes that means creating an environment where we know that we're going to feel uncomfortable and um, creating a space that, of course, is safe because safety and trust is paramount in our classrooms, but a willingness to confront difficult realities and to allow us to feel a little bit uncomfortable and to be okay with that. As you speak, um, you know, Adam and I are already beginning to talk about our next uh, season in which we'll be looking at um, racial justice. And it made me think of something you had shared with Adam when you first reached out to him was, you know, it's so one wants to speak correctly. One wants to not have microaggressions in, within our, our, our topics and not make mistakes. And yet the reality is if we're going to explore these topics, that sometimes we say the wrong thing. So I've, I've really taken to heart the comment that you had made about that. Right. That was something unexpected. But in the podcast episode, my students had picked up on what they perceived to be a microaggression. There was certain language that was used. And a few students kind of looked up and um, then we processed it. And it was valuable because everyone agreed that the speaker wasn't intending to, um, you know, to be discriminatory or dismissive or prejudicial. 
But we ended up talking about the difference between intent and impact, and they both have to be factored in. Clearly, it wasn't the person's intent, but that was how some of these younger people heard it. This conversation about intent versus impact is an interesting one with young people. And on the other hand, you know, I think a fear of pers- of, of not being perfect or fear of offending or misspeaking or not being up to date with the modern terminology, I think it it keeps a lot of people out of the conversation, which is unfortunate. So, you know, establishing some language norms and going over vocab terms and setting our intention for these class conversations that are difficult. We don't want our students to feel that they can't enter the conversation if they don't have all the answers or they're not sure exactly what to say or they have feelings and they don't know if it's going to be hurtful to someone. So we do a bit of groundwork as teachers in, in the hope that all students will be able to enter with a place of vulnerability and authenticity in difficult conversations, especially around race. I appreciate, Libby, how you set up your classroom to be a safe place for these conversations, um, because they are difficult conversations. And yet, if we don't begin to talk about them, to be honest, to look at our history and to own the history, especially here in the United States, whether it's around migration, climate change, or uh, racism is we don't know the history. We don't have enough facts. We don't know what is really happening to be able to address it. Uh, We talked a lot about that when we were looking at the topic of migration and the incomplete knowledge. And then, of course, the negative language that gets used incorrectly. And I'm I'm hoping that as we move into um, our next season, be able to come from that perspective. I love how this conversation has went towards talking about making a safe place and ownership of things that make you uncomfortable. This issue of racism, I can only assume, affects youth's mental health. The mental health crisis that we're experiencing, you know, as a nation is very real, especially for young people. Even if young people themselves aren't challenged by it, everyone knows someone, you know, someone they love, they care about. So it affects all of us. Um, Now, apparently, research has suggested that teens who use social media for more than three hours a day face a much higher risk of depression and anxiety symptoms. These are real realities that we're grappling with in the classroom. And there seems to me to be such a clear connection between social media and technology and feelings of loneliness, overwhelming, feeling anxious, feeling defeated, um, and feeling isolated. And again, being a teacher is just such a tremendous gift and a challenge because the classroom space that we try to cultivate at Noted on Prep in the spirit of SSND is that our class is, in, is, is a communion. And while we have wonderful technological resources, I explicitly am low-tech for much of my classes because I want us to be present for one another and I want us to cultivate those skills of being with one another in gentleness, in honesty, so that we can keep our hearts and minds open in a space that affirms like our deep, deep humanity and our longing to be together. And um, the great gift of of the Catholic classroom too is that, you know, it is a place for prayer. And I often learn the most about my students when they contribute to prayer and I ask them, you know, to pray for themselves, to pray for the world. I almost always ask them to offer something up in gratitude because that can be so hope-inspiring. Mental health is a real crisis, um, but again, being in a Catholic institution is a huge gift because here at Notre Dame Prep, 
We have an outstanding counseling team, obviously our faith community and worship opportunities and culture of prayer is tremendously important to our students' understanding of themselves as a whole person worthy of love and worthy of being loved and extending love. We can contribute more resources to respond to this mental health crisis in ways that restore our humanity. When I'm overcome by social media, I know to get off the platform and put the phone down. How hard is that to teach kids today to recognize those signs of their feelings and take a step back with something that's so inundated in our day-to-day lives. Well, and and we know, you know, <laughs> of our age and older, um, you know, our brains, um, from my understanding, you know, were formed and shaped in those critical developmental years differently than how our young people are forming. So their brains are forming in different ways because of their relationship with technology, which is not a relationship that we had. Um, when we were maturing into our adult physiology, right? For me, as a theology teacher, I just always am asking myself, am I using technology intentionally? And then I always try to create space for us to disconnect and disengage. Now, thankfully, we're not, our students don't use cell phones here, um, which is something that I think is a really important stance that our school takes. So I'm also not having to navigate that uh, student's access to cell phone, but we do have a one-to-one laptop program. Every classroom has um, a projector, and we've got all kinds of incredible technology resources. So even for me, it's like, okay, um, you know, my routine of starting class with prayer, which sometimes might be a meditation or a poem, but... Um, it's laptops are closed, or I'll say, come on in. You do not need your laptops today. We're going to be present, and we are going to learn and share and grow. But helping our students to see that they can be present, and they don't need necessarily technology to truly be connected to one another is, is something that we try to be intentional about in, in the religion classroom here at NDP. It's interesting when you are speaking, the word that comes to mind for me is discerning. It's really helping students to discern how to um, navigate social media, um, discerning what is important and what can really lead us astray. What are what's valid news? What is not news today? And then discerning what their own needs are, so their own to, for their own health. So whether that be spiritual, mental, physical health, helping them to recognize the pitfalls and to recognize when they need to reach out to others and greater wholeness. I have optional assignments each quarter in my junior course, and one of the optional assignments that students can choose is a social media fast. I I have never had a student regret doing that. And essentially, the assignment, it's all about trust and honesty, but I invite the students to fast from social media for seven days and every day to journal about it. And I learn really interesting things about my students. No one is required to do this. This is an option. I probably had about, I don't know, maybe about 100 students do it thus far. I've never had anyone regret it. Um, Many have been challenged and they fell short and they're honest with me about, oh, I just couldn't resist or I forgot. But they've always found it to be valuable. I love that because you're actually teaching them how to moderate themselves and how to be aware of how the things they're consuming are affecting them. And I, I think that's awesome that you offer that, that option where they get to have that reflective time period where they are fasting from social media. And when you said that, I was like, maybe all of us need to do that. 
you know, so we talk about social media and the activism of your students and so how you can use that as a negative using the social media that can all consuming, um, that can affect mental health. And yet at the same time, how students do use social media as part of their activism and let people know what's happening, let themselves know what is happening. So it's, it, it is finding that balance, which goes back to that word of discerning. When is it appropriate? When is it not appropriate? How can it share our message? How can it destroy our message? Definitely. It's about increasing their self-awareness, which is always good for all of us. I've really enjoyed today's conversation because I think it's been an honest conversation about some real issues and talking about the acceptance and talking about how acceptance leads to action and change. So I've really appreciated that perspective that you've offered us today. Yeah, it's it's a tremendous gift. And I'm grateful to SSND. And each day I come into this beautiful campus and walk these halls that my mother walked and that I walked and that my daughters are walking. And I just am grateful for the chance to trust and dare together for another day. I caught on to that concept on an episode that we did wrapping up season three with Sister Beatrice. And we were talking about change and immigration. And she made such a profound connection with faith about daring to follow your your feelings to make a change to speak up and trusting in God, having faith that he will help you through that. That concept of, of truth and dare, I think, is so impactful because it can be applied uh, in so many ways and in so many choices that you have to make in correlation with faith and, and how you really get help, you know, how you, how you can use that to, to help you navigate. Yeah, that's what the SSNDs have formed and shaped in my heart and mind. And in my experience, really, I've only been able to trust and dare in community. It's also not something that happens alone, right? Um, we, we do it together. Sometimes we are alone and we have to act courageously and, and, and stand up, you know, or take an action. And it feels like we're on our own, but, but we're not. And, um, we're there for, we're there for one another. And it's the great prophetic nature of women religious and school sisters of Notre Dame. And I am eternally grateful. And we are grateful to have you, um, Libby, as someone who walks with us as school sisters of Notre Dame. And uh, knowing that our charism is alive and well as we share share that together and we trust to, and dare together as we move into the future. And thank you for the ways that you are educating the entire person. And that's what we talk about, the transformation in education is educating the entire person. I'm bringing them to their greatest fullness and to that excitement about who will they be in the future and what conversations will they be having in 20 years on a podcast of these issues and and um, saying how they've been able to help change the world and how they are changing the world today. They're not they're not our future. They are now. They sure are. Yes. Thank you, Sister Anna Marie. Thank you so much, Adam. And I want to thank our listeners so much today for joining us. And I want to remind them to stay tuned by following School Sisters of Notre Dame Central Pacific Province on Facebook for updates on Season 4, which will be focusing on racial justice. And we'll be coming back to you all uh, winter of 2024. Thank you so much for joining us this season. We cannot wait to come back on January 17th, 2024 with Episode 1 of Season 4, Dismantling Racism. Please remember that you can listen to all seasons of Called to Action by visiting Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, or our website at ssndcp.org forward slash called to action. Also, you can stay up to date on Called to Action and everything current with School Sisters of Notre Dame by following the School Sisters of Notre Dame Central Pacific Province Facebook page. We look forward to a very exciting season as we tackle a topic that affects us all.